appreciate the blessings that come as a result of being able to worship in the United States. So uh, make sure that you, you thank God uh, for being able to be in this country. But I wanted to ask you, have you ever noticed that there is a dramatic difference in the person that has truly trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior? I mean, think about this. They think differently. They act differently. They walk differently. They talk differently. And the reason that's true is because they have been invaded by a being from another place. You see, at the very instant of salvation, the Bible is clear in saying that the Holy Spirit of God comes to live in the believer. In fact, the way that Jesus said it is this way. In John chapter 14, he said, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he dwells with you and will be in you. When the Spirit of God comes into a life, friend, that life is markedly changed forever. And this is the spiritual life that Paul begins to talk about in Romans chapter 8. You see, up until now in Romans, Paul has been reminding us that in our natural self, in our fleshly bodies, we are nothing but sinners. And in and of ourselves, we have no hope of eternal life. He's told us, you know what? You can't save yourself. You can't save yourself by your own goodness. You can't save yourself by being good enough. You can't save yourself by being moral enough. You can't save yourself by doing enough religious works. The only way that you're saved from the penalty of sin is by the great grace of God. And now, after describing the life lived in sin, after describing a life lived in religious works, after describing a life uh, lived under the law, which none of those can save, by the way, Paul turns his attention to something really great. And this is cool. You need to catch this. He begins telling us about the new life that we can enjoy in the Spirit of God. This whole chapter, chapter 8 of Romans, is perhaps one of the greatest chapters in the entire Bible. And it's all about experiencing new life. New life in the Spirit of God. In the first four verses that we're going to talk about today, he tells about this freedom I mentioned earlier. He tells about the freedom of the Holy Spirit of God. In Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 1, he writes, under the inspiration of the, of the Spirit of God, says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Say, no condemnation. No condemnation. That needs to mean something to y'all. 
Because if you're a born-again believer, Paul just said there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free, that's good news, from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did. Say, God did. God. <laughs> you better believe that's right. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. Listen, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit of God. He tells us here that we've got freedom. And that's good news. Freedom from what? Three elements of sin. Three elements of sin. Let's see for ourselves, first of all, that we have freedom from the sentence of sin. Freedom from the sentence of sin. Paul said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. The sentence has been broken. The sentence has been pardoned. You're no longer condemned like you were in your sins. And the Bible begins by assuring us that we have this promise of freedom. Freedom. The truth of Scripture tells us that the born-again Christian is saved from the wrath of God. We're no longer standing condemned before God. No, we've been delivered from that place. Delivered from that place where we are under constant threat of eternal torment. Constant threat of eternal separation from God. You don't have to be there this morning, y'all. But where is this place of freedom? Where is this place of freedom? I want you to note the words in Christ Jesus. He said, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, it's Jesus that makes all the difference. Do you know that you can be in church and still die lost? Do you know that you can be a good neighbor and still die lost? Do you know that you can be a really good person and still die lost? But when you're in Jesus, friend, you are saved from an eternity in hell. Jesus said in John chapter 10, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I shall give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hands. Listen up, friends. Jesus is the only refuge. He's the only safe harbor where we can be saved from sin, where we can be forgiven of sin, where we can have hope from sin, and where we can have everlasting life away from sin. He's the only one, y'all. There's no plan B. He's the only one. How do you know, Bill? How do you know? What is the proof of our freedom? Well, I want you to look again with me in verse 1 and look at the second section. He says, therefore, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. But listen to what he says. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, a lot of people read that and they say, well, that kind of sounds like a conditional statement to me. They read that and they say, in other words... Do we face no condemnation? 
only as long as we're walking in the spirit and not walking in the flesh? If I have a bad day and I'm walking in the flesh, am I then condemned? Some people read it that way. Some people would have you believe that the moment you blow it, you're condemned. Some people would have you believe that the moment you fail, you're going to hell. Some people would have you believe that the moment you blow it, that you begin walking in the flesh, you have no hope. They would tell you that you fall from grace and you lose your salvation. But listen to me, friends. That is not the thrust of this verse. It's not the truth. Instead of being a conditional statement, it's actually a statement of fact. Here's what it means. Paul is telling us that those who trust in Christ walk under the leadership of God's Spirit and we're not going to be controlled by the will of the flesh. That's just the way it is. It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. It doesn't mean we're not going to blow it because we are. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's just not me. Praise God. Amen. We are going to blow it. We're not going to be perfect after we're saved. But listen to me carefully. The Lord is going to be in the process of perfecting us. He's going to be in the process of doing a mighty work in us. And as he does that mighty work in us, guess what we're going to do? We're going to cooperate with him. We're going to cooperate with the changes that Jesus wants to make in our life. We're going to cooperate with the things that God wants to do in our lives and through our lives. We'll never be perfect, but we're going to be perfected over time in this world. So God's promise of pardon comes in Christ. And listen carefully, his constant work in our lives is the evidence. It's the proof, friends, that we are free from the sentence of sin. If he wasn't proof, then he wouldn't have anything to do with us. But he recognizes that we are his and that we have placed our trust in Christ. But not only are we free from the sentence of sin, but listen carefully, we're also free from the slavery of sin. Look in verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, and this is great and glorious news. Here it comes. You ready? You ready to say amen? Here comes the good news. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free. Made me free from the law of sin and of death. Friend, that's great news. That's great news to know that we're no longer slaves to sin. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul wrote, he said, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just like the other people. Friend, listen here. That tells us right there that lost sinners are under the control of three masters. Law sinners are under the control of their flesh. They're under the control of this world we live in, and they're under the control of the devil. And don't you not believe that for a second. Of course, we know that some sinners are, seem to be the worst of the worst. Some sinners live lives of unspeakable wickedness. Some lost sinners live lives of unspeakable evil. 
I think of this boy, Nicholas Cruz. A 19-year-old boy on Valentine's Day goes into a high school in Parkland, Florida with one thing on his mind, and that is to kill as many fellow students as he could. I'm not denying that there might be a mental issue there, but I'm also not denying that evil was very prevalent. But y'all, it's not just the ones that, that do unspeakable wickedness. It's not just the lost sinners that do unspeakable evil because there are lost sinners in church. There are lost sinners that come in here week in and week out and they don't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you know, Bill? Because there's no fruit. We can't see what God's doing in their life. The Holy Spirit is not at work in them. The Holy Spirit is not at work through them. There are other plenty of lost sinners who are good, upstanding citizens. Oh, they're good people. But do you know, even those ones doing the unspeakable evil, even those lost sinners coming to church every week, even though even those good, upstanding citizens who are lost, they all go to the same hell. They all got the same problem. They ain't got Jesus. And without Christ, we would all be slaves to sin. Sadly, friend, this is the hopeless existence of billions, with a B, billions of people in the world that we live in today. Sad. Sad indeed. Followers are no longer slaves to sin, praise God, but instead they are servants of the Spirit. When Jesus comes into a life, Guess what happens? Things change forever. Things change forever. Now in him and in the power of his spirit, we are given the ability to stand against sin, to stand against the flesh, to stand against this world, to stand against the devil. We're able to stand against those enemies of our soul. The chains of flesh, the chains of the world, the chains of the devil, the ones that are held on us, they're now broken. And guess who's the chain breaker? Jesus is the chain breaker. We're all free now. Free, free to live a new life. Free to live an abundant life in Jesus Christ. In Christ, we're given everything we need. All the tools we need have been given to us to live a holy life for his glory. So what's the secret, Bill? What's the secret? How do I do it? You got to use the tools you've been given. Is that not the problem with many, many Christians who are not living the Christian life? Bottom line is, they ain't using the tools. But not only do we have to use the tools that we've been given, but we have to learn some things. We have to learn to say no. Say no. no. We have to learn to say no to sin. And we have to learn to say yes. Say yes. We have to learn to say yes to the Spirit of God who lives in you. If we'll use the tools we have and learn to say no to sin and yes to the Spirit, then God will be glorified through us. In Christ, friend, we are free from the sentence of sin. And we are free from the slavery of sin. 
But in him we also experience freedom from the sickness of sin. And make no doubt about it, it's a sickness. And part of the remedy for the sickness of sin is the weakness of the law. Because the Bible makes it clear that every person who has not trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior is sick. In fact, the person who has not trusted the Lord Jesus as their Savior is terminally ill. Did you hear that? Terminally ill. And when a person is sick, really sick, and we've had a lot of sickness in our community, a lot of sickness in our church, and man, when they get sick, man, they'll try anything. They'll try any remedy that they can to try to get better. They'll take any shot, any pill, or any potion that they can to try to get better. Is that not true? Sometimes when you get really sick, you'll even go for those radical remedies like chemotherapy, like radiation, which are designed to kill as many cells as possible in an effort to get to the malignant cells. Man, we'll do anything to try to get better when we're sick. But for those who are afflicted with spiritual illness, there is only one remedy that brings a cure. Only one. And verse 3 makes it clear that where the law failed in doing this, Christ prevailed in doing this. Let's read verse 3 again. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did praise God by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. You see, the, the law couldn't make people righteous. But did you know that it wasn't intended to make people righteous? The, the law was only given to point out our sin. The law was never intended to heal us. It couldn't do it. Only Jesus could do that. And so when he died, the Bible says that he died for our sins according to the scriptures. It was the death of God's only son that provided the only cure that we have from this sin sickness. Isaiah knew it 600 years before the birth of Christ. Isaiah said it this way, that he was wounded for our transgressions, that he was bruised for our iniquities, and by his stripes we are healed from this sin sickness, praise God. And now all that trust him, all that can give their life to Christ, all that can place their faith in the Lord Jesus are forever free from the spiritual cancer. Oh, friend, but it's, I'm not done. It gets better. Amen? Because it's not only about the fact that the law was weak. It was also about the other part of the remedy. The other part of the remedy of this sin sickness is the work of the Lord, the work which Jesus did. In verse 4, we find, find here that when we're in Jesus, that is when we're saved, the impossible requirement that God's word be obeyed totally has been fulfilled. Let's check it out in verse 4 again. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according 
to the Spirit. You see, what you couldn't do in obeying the Word of God completely, Jesus did. And the Scriptures tell us all we have to do is place our faith in Him, our trust in in him, according to the word of God, when a lost sinner trusts in Jesus Christ as their Savior, that lost sinner is made right with God, and there's a period at the end of that sentence. God declares them righteous, as righteous as Jesus himself is. It's as if they never even sinned. It's as if they would never even sin again. Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what this is saying, listen carefully. If you listen and say amen. amen. What this is saying is that people like you and me, people like us who ain't right, there's a lot of you ain't right, amen? And I'm not just talking about it in the head. A lot of us ain't right. There's many, most of us, all of us can't be right. All of us won't ever be right without Christ. And when we come to faith in him, we are declared as perfect as Jesus is in the eyes of God. Wow. Not by anything we've done, but only by the work of Jesus on the cross and by the work of the Spirit of God in our own hearts. When the Lord sees that you're saved this morning, he sees you as being just as righteous as he is. Are you kidding me? Man, that's enough to make a Baptist boy come unglued. I cannot believe that because I know me. I know Bill pretty well. I know what he's done. I know what he does, and I know all too well what he's capable of. But God only views me through the shed blood of his only son that died for me. Friends, listen, there is freedom. Freedom of the spiritual life, and this is what we get to enjoy on this earth. It's a new life. It's a better life. It's a glorious life. It's a life like no other. And it belongs to anyone who will trust Jesus for salvation. So let me ask you something, friends. Are you free from the sentence of sin? Are you free from the slavery of sin? Are you free from the sickness of sin? If you are in Christ Jesus, you are free. But if you still find yourself condemned by sin, if you still find yourself in bondage to sin, if today you still find yourself sick from sin's effects, I want you to listen real careful right now. You don't have to leave here that way. You can leave here having freedom that's found in Christ. So I want you to search your heart this morning. Search your heart. Are you living in the flesh? 
Or are you living in the Spirit of God? Why would you live another day in bondage to sin when you ain't got to? Why would you do that when you can be free in Christ? He's calling you today. Do you hear him? He's calling you to a new life. He's calling you to a better life than you're living right now. He's calling you to an abundant life in Christ. Don't put up with it no more. Don't you put up with it one more day. Give your life to Christ and let him do the saving. Will you do that today? Our Father in heaven, we rejoice that you sent your only begotten son that through trusting and placing our faith in him, we can have freedom, freedom finally, Lord, from the bondage of sin. Father, I pray for the one you've been talking to this whole message. Father, let them know that they don't have to do it no more. That they can walk out of here different than they came in. All they have to do is just give their lives to Christ. And you'll take care of it. Father, let them hear you calling. Lord, let them hear you calling them to a new life. A better life. A glorious life. A glorious life of freedom in the Spirit of God. Father, have your will in your way. Would help us just to be obedient today. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen. That's awesome.